I have a serious question here. Can Nick Sirianni count? Like, can he count? Does he understand that, you know, 10 is a bigger number than 9? Like, and I mean this. Like, I'm asking, does he understand how to do math? Because I don't think this guy understands the fact that 33 minus 21 is 12. And 34 minus 21 is 13. And with four minutes to go in a football game, there's really no difference between 12 and 13 when you have an opportunity to go up 14, which is a big deal in football because a touchdown and a PAT equals seven. Well, the Eagles scored with four minutes to go in this game, and we're going to talk about it. They won the game 34-28. That's what's most important. I get that. But we're going to talk about that. But I need to just address this right off the top. We go up 34-21, to or 33-21, to and he kicks an extra point. So here, here's the thing. And the, the reason I'm, I'm saying this, and I know people are going to you know, not think about it now. It's not going to be a big deal because it didn't come back and bite them in the ass. But the reason I'm bringing it up is this. What is he doing on the sidelines? Like, what, what's going on here that he is so, like, just aloof to the game that he doesn't realize in that situation you go for two points and go up 14 points? Like, th- this is a mistake you can't make. Isn't he not calling plays so he can be in tune with the football game? Like, what is he doing on the sidelines? How does this slip by everybody on the sidelines for the Eagles? Like, how does anybody realize that 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 extra point that you kicked to go up 34 to 21 meant absolutely nothing? Like, it meant nothing in terms of the, the overall finish of the game. Unless you're banking on the Vikings missing an extra point. I'm infuriated by this. I am so freaking mad at how dumb. That's what this is. It's just dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. And it's not going to be talked about enough. And people are just going to blow it over like it's not a big deal. But I'm telling you, it encompasses a big deal. Because it tells me the coach has no earthly idea what the hell is going on in the game here. You can't let moments like this and just excuse it because eventually it's going to get you and everybody's going to go, how can he do that? Well, he's telling us right here. He told us tonight that he's not fully paying attention. So when the moment comes this season, when you go, was he paying attention? Here's your example. We, we were fortunate enough to win this game. But when eventually, if it possibly costs you a game and you go, oh my gosh, and everybody's got, you know, wants his head on a swivel and it's going to be like, well, here it was. He showed you what he is right here. I mean, he's got, I'm sure somebody will ask and I'm sure he'll come up with, yeah, that was a mistake. Got to be better. Got to be paying attention. It's like, yeah, yeah, duh, duh, (laughs) like no kidding. You got to be playing better. You got to be paying attention better. But I mean, even if he's not paying attention, aren't there other people like, doesn't he have assistants, which I know he does, that can come up to him and go, hey, coach, two, two, two. We have three timeouts at that situation. You know what I mean? You're, you're planning on not having to use him. You could just call one there and say, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to go for two here. Yeah, it's a insane that you had to use a timeout, but at least you didn't, you know, 
compound the mistake. I'm telling you, it was like I was petrified they were going to lose this game because they did not simply know how to do math. But let's get into the game. I mean, there's four minutes of me ranting for something, by the way. And I know people are going to like think you're really making a big deal. Hey, who cares? I'm just telling you, for later in the season, remember what happened here. Just remember this absolutely, incredibly, just at, dumb, it's the correct word, dumb moment from the Eagles coaching staff. Now, on to the game. What are the five reasons why, or the five reasons why the Eagles were able to beat the Minnesota Vikings 34 to 28? Well, we'll start fifth with Josh Sweat. And the reason I say Josh Sweat is this. He had a strip sack to start the second half. Led to us getting seven points. I thought Josh Sweat played a really damn good game. Like, he was very active in the backfield. Like, he was the only edge rusher. I mean, Brandon Graham got it, I, I think, once or twice maybe. But Hassan Reddick has just... He doesn't exist right now. Hassan Reddick is just... Uh, I hate to say it. He's been an absolute zero so far, right? And I know the whole not training camp, not practice, like all these factors that led up to him not really working in the offseason here in training camp are, are showing on the field because he is he's providing nothing. Like literally, he's providing absolutely nothing on the field. Now, Sweat, on the other hand, he's playing. He got pressure all night. There was a touchdown that they got to K.J. Osborne, the, the Vikings, where Sweat was clearly, clearly held, and it wasn't called. I thought Josh Sweat played a really good game. And again, not just him. Obviously, Avante Maddox forced a fumble. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, Justin Evans forced a fumble on a punt where they had a that Powell had a great return. They were inside the 40-yard line. Probably going to go in and force the fumble. Terrell Edmonds forcing the fumble at the end of the half. I mean, it's more so Jefferson just, you know, doing the stupid thing that like you do like for these guys like it's not fourth down. Why you're reaching the ball out to try to score? And you put the ball at risk, and it goes in the end zone, and it's a touchback. And people get mad. They think it's the stupidest rule. It's like, guys, every rule in the NFL is designed for the offense. This is the one rule that goes in the defense's favor. And it's not even that. It's just be intelligent. You don't have to reach the ball into the end zone unless it's fourth down. There's no point to do it. You're going to be at the one-yard line. like, And it would have been first and goal. And, and you saw Jefferson acknowledge that he made a major mistake there. Like, he didn't go flipping out, cry. Like, he owned up. That's what you want to see. It's like, hey, I appreciate that you owned up for it, but if you're a Vikings fan, you're like, well, yeah, I appreciate you owned up for it. It was dumb, and it probably cost us potentially the game. Because that would have been seven for them. We end up getting three, because Elliott makes one from 61. How about it? Ironically, another 61-yarder from Elliott. After he missed from 55 earlier in the game, makes one from 61. But Sweat comes in fifth. Fourth, I went with the offensive line. I mean, clearly, they could be even higher. Uh, the run game was just unstoppable tonight. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But the run game was incredible. Like, the way they ran the football was, and it, to be fair, the way they protected Jalen, I know the sack numbers are going to come back and they're going to see, like, oh, there, there was some sacks. Brian Flores, like, Minnesota's got a really good off or defensive coordinator. I'm telling you, he is... Light, they got to be so happy with this guy versus what they had in, I believe it was, uh, I don't want to say if it was Donatello, I think it was their D coordinator last year, but he played like a Gannon-style defense, and you've seen tonight what it's like when somebody plays aggressive. Like, he, they were down men, and they just tried, they play a punch-you-in-the-face style defense. 
But I thought the offensive line protected Jalen Hurts rather well. His sacks came from him generally holding the football too long. I mean, really. I thought their, uh, the offensive line was just awesome tonight. They got Landon Dickerson for like one of the most ticky-tack, absolutely egregious holds I've ever seen in my life. That was pretty much the only mistake outside of a Lane Johnson false start. I thought the offensive line was great. Third reason why we won, I went with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts did not play good, obviously, to start this game. Clear, let's just be honest. The interception was, again, it was a third and 17. He's trying to get the ball past the sticks, which I appreciate. I, I'm glad he took, like, but again, if you watch the play, like, he throws the ball where it was, I mean, it was a misread by him. I mean, really what he should have did was he had A.J. going down the field. And again, it could have been into double because their safety, they had two safeties back there. It looks like it's one-on-one with a safety, but Harrison Smith's standing there as well. But I mean, if he goes deep to A.J. and it's intercepted, it's like a punt anyway. So, I mean, that's why I would lean that way. And plus, you know, A.J. Brown has a habit of beating two guys for a catch. But I thought after Jalen got through, you know, that crappy start, and then the Eagles went and ran that, the drive where they scored on 16 plays, and they ran 13 plays, like ran the ball. I thought that just settled him down. Because then you started seeing Jalen Hurts start making some plays, and then especially settled him down was when he hit Devontae Smith in the third quarter for, you know, the bomb. He started out the game with a bomb to him, and then all of a sudden it kind of went away, but he hit him on a bomb. I don't know how he threw the ball to Smith down the field. Like his arm literally got hit as he was throwing it, still launched it about 50 yards down the field. Smith walks in for a touchdown. And from that point forward, Jalen Hurts played great. Like he played great. With the exception of him taking the dumb sack that got us out of field goal range, and I completely agree with everybody who got on him for it, you cannot do that. And this is when it was 34 to, you know, or not 34, it was, what was it? Um, It was 27 to 14. You, you can't come take that sack, obviously. But, I mean, throwing the football-wise, he was excellent. And, by the way, on that 27-14 uh, series, they called Rashad Penny for a ticky-tack hold. But he Hurts gets out of the pocket, rolling to his right, and just throws a 35-yard dime into the end zone. A.J. Brown should have been a touch. It would have been a touchdown because it was a touchdown. But it was called back on a ticky-tack holding penalty. The very next play, throws another bomb when he's flushed out of the pocket to A.J. Brown. And it looked like, again, it could be pass interference. I'm kind of with the referees. It looked like it was almost incident or... Uh, simultaneous contact, whatever. Like, I'm one of those guys who believes give the defenders a little bit of a chance. But, I mean, it was very close as well. But, I mean, I thought from that point, like, that was the Jalen Hurts. We started seeing Jalen Hurts from 2022 show up in this game. And that's the only, like, especially in the second half of the game, that's the positive. So, although, and again, I get it. People started getting nervous after the first quarter. Like, what's going on with Hurts? And then you finally saw some, it's like whatever happened, all of a sudden st- he started seeing some stuff and started realizing, okay, I could let it loose. I could play some football here. And the best player in the NFL started showing his face again. Now, the second reason why they won this game, I went with Devontae Smith. I, I mean, what more can you say about this guy? What more can we talk about with Devontae Smith? Remember at the beginning of the year, like when I was doing my rankings or whatever, uh, where did I have Devontae Smith? As the second-rated overall wide receiver in the NFL. How can you have him above Jefferson? Like, all these guys. And I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm not saying anything negative about those guys. Like, Justin Jefferson had an insane game. He's awesome. Besides the mistake he made, I mean, he played excellent. If you take away that mistake. Like, he played a great game. 
But Smith, four catches, 131 yards and a touchdown. The catch that he made to start this game was impossibly good. This guy is like, uh, he's on another level. Uh, he, there's just, I don't see how, like, I watch him and you just, you're amazed at how good he is. And the reason that people get on him, or like this A.J. Brown versus Devontae Smith thing, which, by the way, it's not. There's no such thing. Um, you know, A.J. Brown on the sidelines. And again, people are going to blow this up. Him and Hurts, like if they were getting into it. Guys, this happens. It happens all the time. But Smith isn't that guy. Like, Brown is just, that's his competitive nature. He wants the football. I don't think he wants the football to pad his stats. I think he wants the football because he thinks that's the best way to win. And it keeps him engaged in the game, and I get it. But Devontae Smith, this I'm telling you, he's just special. And congratulations to him, as noted on the broadcast. He had a kid, his first child, on Saturday of last week. And trust me, as a parent, I know what's coming. And by the way, he doesn't like sleeping, he said anyway. Well, uh... He's not going to like sleeping at all now, now that he's a parent. <laughs> but good for I'm thrilled for him. But uh, he's just, he's so good, it's not even funny. But the number one reason why the Eagles won this game, this is the best reason. This guy was, just let this sink in. And this is, it goes back to the guy who can't count, Sirianni. How was DeAndre Swift not, the number one running back going into this season. On what planet was was this coaching staff on that they thought Kenny Gainwell was better than DeAndre Swift? I mean, did anybody else watch DeAndre Swift tonight? You know who he reminded me a lot of? Like his touchdown that got us to 33, should have been 35 points. Um... That was LaShawn McCoy 2.0. Just cutting on dimes out there, right? DeAndre Swift has juice. Like, when he gets in the open field, like, he could, like, it's not about how fast you run. It's about how quick you are as a running back, and he is quick. Like, he can make moves in the hole, and it's like, and you saw the difference when Rashad Penny went in. Like the juice Rashad, he doesn't have DeAndre Swift's juice. And by the way, the whole thing with Rashad Penny, clearly he is running back four on this team. He's going to be inactive if Gainwell's up next week. Makes you just continue to wonder why, like, they didn't just, and I know Sermon's hurt or whatever, but it's like, it's like clearly this team it probably should have just kept Sermon, right? Because you'd have him for two years. But I mean, I just look at DeAndre Swift and I go, I mean, 28 carries, 175 yards rushing and one touchdown. And it could have been a couple more touchdowns. Jalen got two from the one where DeAndre Swift got the ball to the one yard line on both those runs. He could have had three touchdowns tonight. Again, I'm recording this show. While Nick Sirianni's speaking now, you know what I mean? So I'm like, I, I really wish I could just hear him tell us, like, why was DeAndre Swift running back too? Uh, can you count? And honestly, like, 
we need explanations as to why certain guys, like, really, I just want to know, why was Kenny Gainwell playing over DeAndre Swift? I appreciate what Kenny Gainwell did in the playoffs. I'm not sitting here saying Kenny Gainwell shouldn't play. I'm not sitting here saying I want to see DeAndre Swift get 28 carries a game either because, I mean, I value needing him later in the year. But, I mean, DeAndre Swift should never go a game where he doesn't get the football handed to him 10 to 15 times. The ball should be in his hand. He should touch the ball in a football game every game 15 to 20 times. He's that damn good of a player. He's that damn good of a player. But let's go over a lot of other stuff in this game because, again, injuries come up here, and I want to talk about Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox stripped uh, Alexander Madison in the second quarter of this game. He had a big play. Then, later in the game, Avante Maddox, not later, in the second quarter, Avante Maddox got hurt. This is my issue with Avante Maddox. I think he is a really damn good football player. He really is. He's a really good football player. But he is brittle. I'm sorry. I, I, I know people take that as like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not calling him soft. There's a major difference. Like, he's not a soft football player. He's not afraid of contact. Like, he plays hard. But his body is brittle. Like, he's constantly hurt. He's constantly hurt. He's just not reliable. And we have a major issue behind him. Like, Avante Maddox not playing... Mario Goodrich is not ready to play football. Like, he's just not ready. Like, he was lost in space a bunch tonight in this game. You know, we're fortunate to win because we have two guys that were literally from our undrafted rookie class last year playing in our secondary tonight. And Josh Job, who I know got beat by Jordan Addison deep. I know the play with KJ Osborne across the middle. I, I get it. But Job also had some good moments. I'm telling you this, next week what's going to end up happening is Bradbury's just going to come back if he's cleared from that concussion and he is going to play the slot while Maddox is, I'm sure, out for a while. Because like, I think he tore his shoulder. I don't know what happened. He's he, a, a million percent chance he's going on IR. Which is where the Eagles are going to use it to elevate either sign Sipos or Covey to the roster. Probably Sipos. Because they're not going to screw up anything with Elliott kicking field goals now. But I mean, that's the problem with Maddox. That's why people keep saying, I don't think he's going to be on the team next year. His salary, like, yeah, no kidding. You can't trust him. He's constantly injured. And that was the one position where, yeah, Zach McPherson was going to be his backup. They were going unproven no matter what there. Which makes me wonder if the Eagles are going to definitely be trying to scour to try to find somebody who could play slot corner. Like, you're talking about a trade? People want to talk about trades? That's the one to watch. Do they find somebody who could come in and play slot? I think that's what... It's not going to be linebacker. I thought Nicholas Morrow played a good game tonight. He started. It was him and Cunningham. Which tells you about Christian Ellis that... You know, Christian Ellis, clearly his film was not good enough for him to play. 
frustrating because I thought Nick, I I really liked what I saw from Christian Ellis last year. Thought he had some moments in the preseason, but Nicholas Morrow definitely played. He was signed and he played excellent tonight. I thought Zach Cunningham played really well. I I'm just telling you, like so. I keep looking. I go. That's where they're gonna. If they're gonna make any trades, bam, right there. I thought the safeties, like I said, were they great? By no means. I mean, Evans made some plays, recovered like almost recovered two fumbles. Should have been. You know, Edmonds with that play, but it's like they got away with it because Blankenship did not play. Now, I'm assuming he'll be back next week, I hope. But Gainwell didn't play. Like anybody who was on that injury report, we're talking like Gainwell and Blankenship probably play. No, they didn't play. And the Eagles are able to get through the game. They've yet to turn it on. That's the issue. But they're 2-0. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. They're 2-0. Two wins. It's now officially a 15-game season. You're 2-in. And their next game now is against Tampa Bay. You know, it, it a Monday-nighter against Tampa Bay. <laughs> and I just want to check something with this. Because I think it's interesting with the Monday nighter. Yeah, it's one of those Monday night double headers. So, like, it's weird. They're doing one, I think, this week. Yeah, they are. They're doing the Saints and the Panthers, the Browns and the Steelers. And then next week, the following, they're doing another Monday night double header. And it'll be us and the Bucks and the Rams and the Bengals. And good for us, everybody. Hey, we're the seven fifteen game. So it won't be as crazy. You know what I mean? Like, what time is it now? Like, it'll be a, so much better. It just put it like that. It's going to end so much reason or so much more reasonable at a time or at a more reasonable time. But again, it's like, hey, it's I don't know what the NFL schedule is, but it's like they just do these things in quirky patterns that just like match like last year. Like, hey, we played Minnesota week two at home in a primetime game as our home opener. Okay, let's do that again. And then our Thursday game, if it was followed by a Monday game. All right, we play a Thursday, and now we're following with a Monday game. But that's where the attention goes to. It goes to Tampa Bay. I mean, are we all overly excited about how the team's playing? Of course not. Like, there's issues here. Clearly, there are issues. And they have a lot of issues on defense. A lot of issues on defense. Like, their secondary is... It's not where it needs to... Again... I get it. When three of your starters, three of your five starters in the secondary are out, no team is going to be in a good spot there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I, I think people forget. It's not like every team has like just five pro bowlers sitting behind as backups. It's just, it is. Like, when you start getting into your reserves, that's where what happens. That's why the NFL, it's like, it's a game of attrition. Who stays the healthiest usually wins the most. So for us to be 2-0, and dealing with all these early injuries, you just got to hope none of them are long-term. The Bradbury one seemingly doesn't feel like it's going to be long-term. The Blankenship one doesn't seemingly feel like it's going to be long-term. That's a good. Those are great signs. Because we definitely need those guys back. Maddox looks like this could be something to watch. 
And I know people are thinking about for slot, like why can't you put Ricks there or something? I understand that slot's a different animal. That's why they've been working James Bradbury there. I honestly think against, especially against Tampa Bay with Chris Godwin and how he plays in the slot, that they're going to move James Bradbury inside and they are going to keep Josh Job outside. I'd almost bet every dollar I own on it. But I am very much looking forward to Nick Sirianni's transcript when I'm done with this so I can read if he addressed the fact that he can simply not count. I want everybody out there to relax too on Jalen Hurts. I know that you'll hear it from the national media. I thought from the second quarter of this game on, well, midway, I'd say, this, especially the second half. Let's just call it was the second half of this game. The Jalen Hurts from last season showed up, and that's all we needed. It, again, kind of screams to the point that maybe they're going to play in the preseason next year because it looks like they just needed some, you know, to, to play some live football. But hey, think about this. All of these negatives, they're 2-0. And that's... Like I said, that's all that matters. And by the way, when they got to the one yard line, like I know, and again, everybody's probably thinking, man, give the ball to Swift on those couple where he got it down there. Cause he, and again, it's like he give him the damn touchdown. He earned it. The one thing the Eagles coaching staff is doing right that I agree with. And I wholeheartedly agree with this, even though it's second and goal only. Yeah. You could run the ball there. They're not even risking it. They just get in that quarterback sneak formation and they go, screw it. We're scoring now. And it's the right move. Why risk a false start? Why risk, um, a holding penalty, any type of penalty. Why risk losing a couple yards on a, on a handoff because you're handed behind the line of scrimmage? Just do it your bread and butter. You're not going to lose yards, and if you do, you're not losing much, and you can just do the play again, and you're going to score eventually. 2-0. We'll be back next Thursday. Go over, get ready for the Tampa Bay game. Go around the NFL. We'll definitely have a lot of news on the injuries here. And again, like I said, we got to prepare for going down to Tampa. Clearly that team's better than people thought. They beat this Minnesota team in Minnesota last week. So it's not the cake game that everybody probably thought it was when you saw the schedule. So prepare. And again, hopefully, like I said, the Jalen Hurts that we saw in the second half of this game rolls over because that's the guy. That's the guy we need if we're going to win football games. Want everybody out there to stay safe. Oh, whoa, 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 wait, where am I going? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to do freaking geek. Freak of the week. I mean, that's, is this a question? He wears number zero. DeAndre Swift was by miles the freak of the week. I just, I'm eagerly looking forward to this Tampa Bay game. I'm eagerly looking forward to any reason that ever Kenny Gainwell gets more carries in a game than DeAndre Swift. I'm, I'm seriously looking forward to that because I don't trust anything from our geek of the week, Nick Sirianni. I could give it to Brian Johnson because early in this game, he was just addicted to the idea of anywhere on third down running the quarterback. Like, let's talk about that, too. Like, it, I, I mean, I know, like, we won. We scored 34 points. We get inside the 10-yard line to start the game in the first drive. He runs a, essentially almost a wide receiver screen to A.J. Brown, goes for a yard. Runs the ball on second down, gets about a yard. And then on third down from, like, the 7-yard line, this is third and goal. 
He calls like a, a rollout run for Hertz. Then in like they get the ball at third and six again, like a couple drives later at the thirty-five or something. Like he tries to run Hertz again. Just scary stuff. In fact, it brought the Boo Birds up, and they weren't booing Jalen Hurts or the. I think they were literally booing Brian Johnson. And by the way, when you say Brian Johnson, you also mean Nick Sirianni. That stuff needs to change fast. And like I said, we're going to get some answers here. We're going to look at the film by next Thursday. We're going to be able to review the All Twenty Two. So, like, you're going to get a lot of news that comes out of not just this game. From the last game as well. Like you'll we'll have a better idea of what the Eagles are. But like I said, I think it's everything's trending up because Jalen Hurts found himself in the second half of this game. And that's honestly one of the most important things coming out of it. I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go.